0: Rebel Love Podcast, where each week I'll bring you a new episode exploring love, sex, relationships, and money. Join me as together we question, explore, and strive to understand. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Rebel Love Podcast. Today, my guest is Hady Helveston, a holistic health coach turned relationship coach for women. She's all about empowering women to have healthier relationships with themselves, And after a sexual retreat in Costa Rica in 2018, that was life-changing for her. She knew that her calling, her true calling was helping A-type women connect to their sexuality and love their buddies. You can check her out in your guide to love podcast on sexuality, spirituality, and health. Welcome Haley.
1: Thank you. So happy to be here.
0: Yeah. I'm really happy to have you. We had, you know, I always have like a quick 15 minute chat with my guests before they come on. And we had a great chat. We always had to like, Calm ourselves from talking about everything. (laughs) So, we had some things to talk about here. So, I'm really excited to be here with you today. And the reason why, actually, is because you've been on both sides. You started out, you have this really great story where you started out, you know, really not being connected to yourself sexually. And then you have this, a bit of this awakening. So, before we get into it, I'd love to, if you could share a little bit about yourself and your journey to how you got to where you are now.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, I grew up um, religious in the South in America. And I ended up moving to Atlanta and working a corporate job. And I just knew it wasn't for me, you know, and so I ended up getting fired from that job. And it was such a blessing. (laughs) And so that's when I really dove into, like finding myself and it led me into health coaching. And so I think there is when I really started to learn like, okay, you know, at the time I was on antidepressant, I was on birth control. And I was super anxious and sort of started to feel like, wait a minute, I need to get off all of this. And another reason why I wanted to get off of it is because I remember seeing my psychiatrist and she said, I was telling her about the side effects and I was like, I don't feel anything in my body. I was like, I'm not having an orgasm. I was like, I got nothing. What is going on here? <laughs> and, um, and she was like, oh, do not worry. We can prescribe you another pill to counteract the side effects of that pill. And so I thought, oh, okay, well, why would I want to get on another pill? <laughs> that yeah. doesn't make sense. And so that's when I decided to take the holistic route. I got off everything and it was such a blessing because a lot of people, you know, don't even know what they can really experience because you're they're on all these medications, you know? And so I got off everything and then that led me to work with a sex coach for a year and I worked with her, led me to the retreat in Costa Rica. Yeah. And so that's when I went on that retreat which my family thought I was joining a sex cult, (laughs) but um, it was so blessing. Cause like I said, before we started recording the woman in that retreat. it was so amazing hearing her story because she used to be Mormon and uh, married to a man who was married to like multiple women, you know? And so obviously she wasn't connected to her body or sexuality. Mm -hmm. And so being in that safe space with that couple and me in Costa Rica was life-changing.
0: And what was it, what was it specifically that kind of like, was it hearing her story that really kind of triggered it for you?
1: Yeah, I was connected with her, but it was also, and this is why I talk a lot in my Instagram and working with clients, the safety component, right? right. It was the safetyness of, I could ask anything I wanted to, to them about sex, you know? Right. And so me, I was like, I'm, I'm just a sponge. I'm soaking up. I was like, oh, wow, well, have you tried this sexually? Have you done that? what are you currently into? You know, what are books, books you're reading, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it was just so amazing getting to ask them all these questions, have this safe space. And then her husband, you know, they are, um, they do this technique called explosive orgasmic healing. And oh, so right. they did body work on me. And that was really interesting too, because it was very safe because during the sessions, they would always say, it's your body. You know, if you want, you know, if you want to ever say no or say yes, And so that was really comforting because I think a lot of times with women, you know, we don't know what a true yes for us is. We don't know what a no for us is, you know? And like, like I said, previously before we started recording, like a lot of times it's like, if you're not really dripping wet, really ready, really relaxed, you're not ready.
0: Yeah. Right. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? You, You kind of, sometimes you can get into something with someone and then you can realize halfway through, actually, I'm not. Really feel in this. So then you've got to figure out, okay, what's my exit strategy?
1: (laughs) Not really. Yeah. And that's where it's so important for us to feel safe in our relationships and have communication Mm -hmm. where we can say, hey, this is a no
0: for me, or hey, we need to slow down, or I need, what do I need? Yeah. This is what's going on for me. It's so true. We were just talking as well about um, the ability to orgasm and feeling, yeah, feeling sexually safe. The first thing I said, was in order to feel have an orgasm i need to feel safe and sometimes it's not that the person doesn't make you feel unsafe it's not that they've done anything it's just that you don't know them well enough it's like i don't know your energy well enough just yet it's nothing you've done or haven't done it's just time and then once like i remember and and and, and i know i don't know if you've had this experience but a lot of guys get really hung up on making you orgasm which I, I appreciate i love that i think that's great that they want that you know they put that effort in but for me personally i can only speak for myself it's not always the most important thing. And when there's so much emphasis on it, especially the first time, it's like, Hey, let's just chill. I'm cool. Like, I don't need to, I just like being in your space right now. And then we do it a few more times and then it happens. And then they're like, Oh, I thought, you know, I thought you couldn't come. And it's like, I just need to feel relaxed. I just need to feel, you know, safe. Like you said, safe's the big word, you know? Yes.
1: I still agree with you on that. And that's something, you know, I just had coffee with a guy and we were we were at a restaurant talking about this and I was like, man, you're right about that because I hate how our society program programmed men to put so much of their worth in our orgasm.
0: It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny too, women I've spoken to, uh, like, I, first of all, I never, ever worry if a guy, if I'm sleeping with a guy and he doesn't come, because I'm like, I can, I can count the amount of times that I've had sex with someone and come the first time so on one hand, probably, maybe, maybe I'm exaggerating on that part. But like, I, the point is, is that there's been many times where I've had sex where I haven't come. So I'd never feel guilty about it. Cause I'm like, Hey, we're in this experience together. It will happen. You don't have to always. And it's funny. I said that to a friend of mine and he started laughing and he said, that's not true. And I was like, for me, it really is. It really, really is. When, when we're all like, of course I like orgasming. Of course I want to orgasm for sure. But do I need to do it every time? Not necessarily. Sometimes, you know, there's all different types of sex you can be having.
1: Yeah, and I think for me, what I realized too is it depends on him with number one, but also depending on like what type of orgasm do you want, right? Like sometimes for me, I prefer to have a G spot over a clitoral, you know? Right.
0: Yeah, that's right. And the other thing was, I, was, I, was uh, I read a meme the other day actually on Instagram that said, you know, not every orgasm is like a, a sheet clenching, you know, back arching orgasm. Sometimes they're like different levels, different waves. And I love that too, you know? And sometimes it's really—I always think it's kind of entertaining for me when someone goes, "Did you come?" It's like, okay, if you didn't feel it, it's, <laughs> oh my god! No. It's, I mean, it's—it's it's totally fine. I think it's really sweet, but like, I don't know. I just—I I don't know. I, I for me, I just feel like sometimes the intimacy is just as rewarding and valuable for me personally. Mm, so.
1: I agree with you. I told someone that once. I was like, man, sometimes I just love the part afterward. We're just talking and having a great time.
0: Yeah. And sometimes you don't even have to, like, you can be in each other's space and be like touching each other, but not necessarily like in the throes of passion, you know, because there's so many different types of sex you can have, which is so great.
1: Yeah, definitely. And listen, I don't know if you're aware of this too, but I feel like people are more touch deprived and lacking deep connection now more than ever because of COVID.
0: Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I just wanted a hug far out. Like, I didn't have to get laid. I just needed a hug from my, Mom or my best friend. It didn't need to be sexual. It just needed to be, yeah, touch, you know? Yeah.
1: No, I feel you on that. Especially during quarantine. I was like, I'm just gonna bug the dog. Yes. Oh. I was like, I hope Levi's okay with it. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh my gosh, I um I really needed a dog during my life. Lo- we had a, I don't know if you're aware, but in, in Melbourne, we had a one of the harshest lockdowns in the world, apparently. It was over hundred days and it was so intense and there was like all kinds of curfews at the start. Wow. Well, uh, I care for you And then they got rid of that and you could only go five, five Ks from your house. I don't know how far that is in miles, but not very far. And, you, and so like, I couldn't leave unless I was an essential worker or unless I was caring for somebody. So it was, it was quite tough. And so a lot of my friends, I couldn't see, like the only time you could see a friend is if you could be like walking in the park together. Cause you're allowed for exercise out one hour a day. So you could have like a park that's buddy. So it sounds, what do you think about that? Do you think that's too extreme? Uh, well, it's funny, actually, in my kind of, I don't know, at the start, I felt like, no, this is great. And then it became very mentally intense. But the thing is, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but it did work because we, we went 61 days COVID free, completely trans- uh, community transmission free. So it worked. And then someone in Sydney got it and then they crossed the border and then brought it in and had a little cluster recently, but we didn't go into lockdown again. Um, and then that's gone now too. We've been COVID free a couple of days. So I mean, it does work. Whether it's the right thing to do, that I don't know. I don't know. And it was not very fun to go through it. It was very grueling. And there was, I, I assume there would have been a lot of mental health issues that came out of it because I consider myself pretty mentally strong and I was really struggling. And a lot of people that I know who are also extroverts were really struggling. So, and even introverts were saying, oh my gosh, this is tough for me. Mm. <laughs> so yeah.
1: And I feel you are my <laughs> hardcore extrovert too. So I <laughs> <tell you>. Yeah, <laughs> it was tough. But,
0: you know, it was also really... um I don't know. I I learned a lot from it. Would I want to do it again? No, definitely not. But I I don't know if it's, I don't, I can't answer if it was the right thing to do. I guess thankfully that's not my decision.
1: Um, But really, at least you weren't like China. They sounded insane. Well, with that lockdown?
0: Yeah. 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 I, I wasn't really following that at the time. I think I was too kind of focused on what was happening in this country more locally, but unfortunately we got the brunt of it in Melbourne. So anyway, that's gone now. So we can have lots of sex. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yes. Finally. <laughs> Come on people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So, um, a while ago I spoke to you about this and, uh, we were talking about orgasms and you said that you were at one point in your life that you had never experienced an orgasm. And what's interesting was I put together some data here and we have a poll on the Rebel Love website. And one of our articles that asks the question, have you ever had an orgasm? And at the time of this recording, it is 23% of the people have answered that they have not had an orgasm. So I was like, okay, after we realize that there are many, many, many women, and uh, actually I'm not sure of the stats of men. Actually, I don't know what genders the people who answered the poll were, So, uh, but I do know that a lot of women haven't orgasmed. So let's just go with that for, for now. If we realize that we haven't had an orgasm, what's the first step to kind of opening up sexually and taking action towards having that experience?
1: Mm, Yes. Great question. Yeah. You know, for me, I mean, I remember I was even in therapy going through all this and I was getting off antidepressants. So my biggest thing for people listening is just like not judging yourself. There's so much shame over, oh, I need to have, you know, multiple orgasms or I need to be at this level sexually at this age, but Mm -hmm. we're all on different paths here. So my first thing would say, just let go of the shame and the guilt. And I would say to start learning your body and just think, Just realize that like your relationship with your body is a lifelong journey, right? Like we're in our bodies as long as we're on earth. So we might as well enjoy them and learn how to please them and really just like take it as like an experiment, right? Like, okay, I like this. I like that. You know, like really take it as like a fun game instead of taking it so seriously.
0: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we did talk about this as well. I mean, I didn't grow up in a religious household, but I know that a lot of friends that I've had have mentioned that there's a lot of shame put onto them from their religion or it's kind of like, you know, it's shameful to touch your body. And I actually remember being at a um, camping when I was a child and they had the washing machines and like the communal washing machines. And there was a woman there with her children and her child was naked and her child, like, was a child was like it was very young child, like three years old, maybe. And she was bending down and she started like touching her, like putting her fingers in her vagina. And her mom, like, hit her hand and said, Don't touch that. That's really dirty. And I remember looking at that thinking, Huh, interesting. Like, she's like a three year old kid. She's just curious. She's got, you know, and I, and I was wondering at the time, like, I just was wondering, first of all, did she really think about that too much? And where did that come from? And so, let's, um, you know, that's kind of like an <laughs> arbitrary story to the religion question. But I, I'd always really stuck with me. I remember thinking that, like, this is what we're taught, you know, people smacking our hands away saying, don't do that. And, and I, you know, I, I've have religious friends who have told me that, yes, they were taught those kinds of things. So if, if we are brought up in that environment, what are some ways that we can, I don't know, I guess, let go of that shame or like move through it?
1: Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought that story. Like that story. Okay. I'll tell you a personal one real quick while we're, cause this shame piece is cool. Like I dealt with that a lot in Costa Rica. I think I'm still letting that go. I think it's, because it's generational, right? Because for example, when my, I was moving into the place I'm in now last year, actually two years ago, because uh, was a new year. <laughs> um, and my mom found one of my
0: crystal toys. Okay.
1: So like one that I was telling you about before we started recording.
0: Oh yeah, glass, yeah. So that was the glass dildo, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, the glass dildos, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Just to clarify so, for
1: everyone. <laughs> Yes, yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, so basically, you know, they were making it my bed, getting my my new room situated, and so she found it and I was like oh. and she was like and mm, like we didn't say anything. And I just grabbed it and like put it under my uh like like cabinet and I was like, Oh my god, like that's so awkward. Like I'm doing this for a living and we're still dealing with that. You know right. what I'm
0: saying? Yeah, and that's I'm interesting. Like,
1: that's the stuff that doesn't need to exist. So how can people do, uh, remove sexual shame? We need to start talking about sex. Like it's not a big deal and it's normal, right? Like for me, I don't have kids yet, but when I have a daughter one day, I want her to talk about self-pleasure and orgasm and boundaries and her needs. Like it's I'm going to the grocery store, right? Right. Like it's super not, not a big deal. It's normal because we need women to feel like it's, it's safe for them to express their needs.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I totally agree. I, I I I don't know. I feel like though, if somebody has years of suppression, I guess is the word. How? Where do we begin? Like, where do we even begin? And how do we know if we haven't had an orgasm? Mm,
1: Great question. You'll know you haven't had an orgasm because you'll start avoiding sex. I've had women tell me I feel like a semen garbage disposal. Mm.
0: Isn't
1: that crazy? I literally have had women tell me those exact words. Wow. I've had i feel sexually numb. I feel nothing. I avoid sex. Sex is a chore. Like all of those things, if you're in a sexist relationship, that's a sign, right? So any of those things, you're not having an orgasm, right? And it's not about getting mad at your partner or getting mad at yourself or whatever. Just know that like, okay, that's a fact. Then getting rid of the sexual repressed piece. Yeah, you're right. Religion does beyond repressed people, you know? And sometimes I get kind of annoyed with that piece because we really can't escape that in the culture of America. Like sometimes I kind of think, man... Where would the world be without all the religious program, this program to women to think that I've had women tell me, why would I self-pleasure? That's my husband's job. Or, you know, sex is a chore. It's, it's for his, his needs. You know, there's so many old beliefs that like are still existing that we don't even, they do not need to exist. Mm. Um, and so all of that is just like, I feel like we are he- entering a new era, which is good of the divine feminine and of women speaking up
0: for our needs. Mm-hmm. But it's still, we still have the mm-hmm. underlining sexual oppression. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's such a shame hearing people say it's just for his needs. I, I remember once I had an amazing orgasm and I was laying on the bed thinking, why can't I just feel like this all the time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is so good. Like, I was like seriously thinking, if everybody had orgasms, everyone would be so happy. The world would just be such an easier place to move through because we'd all be like, oh my gosh, my needs. Like, I, I literally feel like when I have really great sex, like parts of my brain light up and my head feels all bubbly and different. I just feel like I'm on this high. And it's like, these are natural drugs, right? It's a natural. Mm.
1: Yeah, the, the natural feel-good chemical, chemicals. Yes, that's what I always try to tell people. I'm like, listen, because I've had like so many women down on the antidepressants, right? Mm-hmm. I always try to tell women, I'm like, listen, I get it. I was there. I've been on multiple. You need to be having more orgasms because you're right about that. Like I remember the very first time I had multiple um, g spot orgasms. I was like, damn. <laughs> Ooh, man. <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna like put on clothes and go out because I feel
0: great. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. So um so yeah, I guess you get a lot of so how do people find you? Because I guess I guess what I'm looking for is that step. Okay, so I realize that I'm either not having any sex or I'm not having the sex that I want, or I'm having sex and not orgasming. I have some questions about that because you also said that one of you, you know, the thing that really helped you was being able to ask those questions shame-free. So can people just ask you questions as well? Say if they're just kind of wanting to dip their toes and find out about it, can they ask you, can they DM you on Instagram or?
1: Yeah, yeah, they can just DM me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like seeing where people are at, but I also feel like it's it's like just talking about sexuality. You know, like I forget and I'm sure you, you're, we're doing similar things. I'm sure you do this too. Like I forget that the average person is not talking about what we're talking about. Mm. Like I had guess my podcast, I call with clients. My normal everyday discussions are not, I guess, normal, right? Like I'm talking about mushrooms and um, spiritual retreats and uh, masturbation and semen retention and you know, like the benefits of having more sex. And so I forget that people aren't discussing this.
0: Hmm. Hmm. And I think as well, I was saying to someone, one of the things that I used to have, and again, I can only speak for myself, is the body image thing. I think that interrupts your experience for a lot of women is the body image thing. And when I was growing up, because I'm quite curvy, I have like hips, I have a, a bum. And when I was growing up, there was just in my where I live, there was just skinny white girls. That's, that's what there was. And, and I just didn't fit that mold. So, and now when I'm on Instagram, my Instagram feed's curated. So there's a lot of curvy women, beautiful curvy women. So I am probably the biggest I've ever been, but I feel the most confident because I'm seeing it around me as well. So that's one thing that really helped me, which I just wanted to add is like curate your social media so that you feel good in your skin. Because I think that body shaming ourselves doesn't help, (laughs) you know?
1: Yeah. You know what? I'm glad you brought that up. That's a great point because I've had people tell me that recently where women, if she's gaining weight, she doesn't want to have sex. Right. Right. Because there are so many of those beliefs of You know, because of the culture we grew up with, or you're right. Like that's really smart the rise. That's something you can really make your social media appropriate because, you know, social media, a lot of it's fake. And so it's good to have it towards
0: a positive self-image. But there's so many gorgeous women who are confident and curvy and I love it. It's great. There's and that's the other thing too. There really are people who love women at any size. And so if, you know, if you're comfortable in your own skin, people notice that and sex is more fun when you're more into it because you're not worrying about, oh my gosh, my cellulite, my stomach, this or that, you know? Well,
1: yeah. I mean, think about it. The more confident you are, the better your sex life is. And it's just, yeah, it's more fun. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. So let's talk about your journey a bit more. You mentioned you used to be switched off from the waist down. You're working your corporate job. You said to me previously as well, that you'd have sex with your boyfriend, but you felt nothing. So first a couple of questions. How long did you experience this before you had the realization that there has to be more? And what did you do about it? What was that first step?
1: Mm, okay. Yeah. So with him, um really at the time I remember taking a course on sexuality. Right. Okay, so that great. was when I really started to like figure out, like, okay, I'm not meant to be a health coach. Maybe I'm meant to be a sex coach. Maybe I'm meant to go into this realm. And that was a period where I was so frustrated with the fact that like my, I felt like my body was betraying me,
0: right? Right. Like I was like,
1: ah, what's going on here? So I got off all the antidepressants, the birth control, but I still felt like there was just so much going on in my body that I didn't, wasn't really feeling. And I was really, you know, for me too, I grew up thinking, well, he, he didn't know anything. Like I would be like, hello, you're not pleasing me. What's going on? You know? Right. And so like, it's so that was a time period where me taking responsibility for my pleasure. Right. You know, I say a lot to women where I'm like, you have to take responsibility for your pleasure because they don't know. Right. Like, I'm not trying to offend the men listening. I love men. I sleep with men. I think men are great. But we all know, like, every woman's body is different. Exactly. Right? Yes. And same with men. Their, their bodies are different, too. You know? And so it's so stupid for us to expect that every single guy is going to know every single woman's body when that's not the case. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So that's when I started taking responsibility. I remember taking a course on sexuality. And I remember a little, it was so funny. I remember my, the guy I was dating at the time had a balcony. And I remember overlooking the balcony. I was like, I'm going to figure this out. <laughs> I'm like, this is going to be something that like is my mission. Because I really feel like, now, obviously a lot of people are like, oh, it's just an orgasm. It's not a big deal. But what people don't understand is like, yes, it is. It is, you know, the human experience, right? It's part of being on this planet is experiencing pleasure, right? So for all the people out there that are not experiencing any
0: type of pleasure, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's totally a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's interesting too. And I, I feel like sometimes a guy can have all the moves but there's some chemistry that doesn't just work as well or, or like I've had ex- an experience with a man where I really liked him mentally and we just were not clicking in the bedroom and I don't know about if you have this experience but I'm always like oh my gosh there's something wrong with me I suck at this but then I like have mind-blowing sex with somebody else so I'm like oh okay maybe we just weren't a great fit that person wasn't it just we were just something wasn't working and and yeah, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. sorry go ahead no I was just gonna say too then
1: for me the more spiritual I've gotten the more I crave someone where we've got to have the intellectual, the spiritual, oh yeah. and the sexual. Yeah. And so you could be the, like I was with a guy recently, this is like last year, where you can be the hottest guy, but if you've got nothing here.
0: Yeah, being there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, man, You've got like an eight pack, basically. <laughs> we can't have like an yeah.
0: intellectual conversation. Yeah, yeah. And that's not really sexy, is it? If I can't talk to you, it's not sexy at all. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I, I, again, another Instagram meme the other day, they were like, it was like about the best, the best sex advice was basically like pay attention. And I was like, yes, amen to that. Like, I just think if you're paying attention and they're paying attention and here's the thing, sometimes people are going to fake it. And that's, I have a rule. I never fake orgasms. And the reason why I don't fake orgasms is because I, first of all, I don't want to lie to somebody. And second of all, I don't want to, them to think that what they're doing is good because I'm basically reinforcing the behavior. And I don't want you to think that what you're doing is good when it's not good or it's not working for me. And then, and then you're going to do it again next time. And then I'm going to be in this cycle where I'm just not getting pleasured instead of just explaining like what I like, you know? Yeah. And
1: I'm glad you bring that up because you're right. And I've had women, I had one where she told me she's faked every orgasm. Oh man, that's I was sucks. like, your body basically is gonna you, your body basically is, is not men, basically. Mm-hmm. Because if you are in a you just think about it, we're training the neural pathways in our brain to fake a feeling, right? And so it's it's like, oh, okay, well, yeah, you're definitely so you're right. I think it's so important for women to never fake an orgasm because that like that should never be on the table. It's like if you don't experience one, fine, it's okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think, again, taking away the pressure that an orgasm has to be had every time as well. For me, yeah. I'm just a huge advocate of that. Like, you know, and, I, and I think if you're with a guy who's not okay with that, then th- I guess that would be an issue for me. Like, I've sat with guys and they're like, yeah, no worries. It's not a big deal. I don't even say anything. And they're just like, no worries. Or I've had a guy who was, had so much control over his body. It was, it was so amazing. What he'd do was like, we'd have days where it was all about me. And then we'd have a session that it was like, okay what do you want? <laughs> I will do anything you want. Let's like, this session's all about you. And then he'd come really hard, but he didn't come for three days. Like he was holding it up. And I mean, he was a very, sorry. Is he doing semen retention? Yeah. I don't know. He um, I don't know what the, what the technical name is, but basically, yeah, we'd have sex and he just wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't come, but mm-hmm. he loved it. Like he was into it. Like he's the one who actually suggested it. And mm-hmm. then on the, and then on the third day, then we'd have a session where he would orgasm. And he just loved, he loved withholding it because it keeps the energy. You know how when you have, you know, a lot of times have you experienced like when a guy um, ejaculates, the energy kind of goes a lot and some guys are able to kind of turn it back on and have sex again if they feel like it. And some guys just go to sleep and they're like, oh, I'm done, you know? And the energy drains, like the the magnetism between your bodies. I don't know what the technique is. Yeah. And then, so he wanted to keep that energy. He's like, let's keep that energy. I mean, he was pretty good at kind of going again anyway, but he's like, let's keep that energy. And then on the third day, oh I said on the third day, like I can't keep doing this. Like I don't mind you not coming, but all the time I don't I don't want to be super selfish. Like I I want you to have pleasure too. And then he was like, Okay, cool, like that's you know, Mm -hmm. and then is it no yeah? yeah, It's really fun. mm, I love that.
1: Yeah, because what you bring up is so key too, with like just men taking more responsibility for their pleasure and Their ejaculation and like think about it when they do ejaculate that's so much life force energy
0: that's going out of their body instead of learning how to circulate it back in their body. That's what he. That's what he was trying to do because he. I had all these tantra books and he was reading them and so he was really getting into like he said to me let's practice this tantra thing and we do breath work together and he was really interested in recycling the energy and I think that's what his goal was was the recycling the energy but I love that he wanted to do that and he brought it to me wasn't me kind of bringing it up. Although I'm really glad he did because it's like, oh great. But I I found that in my experience, not a lot of men are kind of into that. In my experience anyway, maybe there are a lot of men out there, but just I guess I've noticed that
1: too, which sucks because I prefer that because it's actually very attractive to meet a guy that's that in control of his ejaculation. It shows self-discipline, self-control. It shows a lot of things.
0: Well, he could ejaculate and stay hard and keep going. Mm-hmm, which is yeah. very rare. I've, I've only had one guy, him, <laughs> only him. <laughs> he was the yeah. only person who was able to do that, which is pretty amazing. And I said to him, I think, and I said, I'm really serious. I think you should teach this to other men. He laughed at me and I said, no, I'm really serious. I'm gently serious. Cause I don't know how you do it, mm-hmm. but, but it's a skill. Like it is a skill. Like. And, and, and what did he, did he ever do it or not? No, no, he wouldn't. He, he's, he's kind of shy. He would never do it, but, but I wish he would because, and I said, I said, like, how do you do it? And he said, he goes, I don't know. I just, he goes, I just, he goes, I think it's just more in my head. And I was like, yeah. And he said, he goes, you know, the um, Kegel exercises, how you stop your peeing to, to, um, and then midstream to try to exercise those muscles. Well, he said, I kind of do that naturally all the time He goes I don't know why I just do it naturally constantly. So he said, he said, I'm not sure if there's a link between doing that and I don't know if there's any, anybody else who knows the the medical reasons for this, please get into touch. No, there definitely is a link to. with that, but I think it's amazing because that's
1: the thing is, it's like, you know, the average, I don't know if it's the same for every country now, but I think statistically it's like the average man now lasts like five minutes in bed.
0: Really? Oh.
1: Yeah. That's what they say. So I think that that's great that he learned that because it just shows that he's, you know, has a
0: growth mindset towards sex, which is... Oh yeah. Oh yeah, he had, he had a gross mindset towards a lot of things actually. Yeah. Well, he was kind of like it became a game for him. He was like, "Oh, this is really exciting." And, you know, it it was definitely a really fun experience for me. That's for sure. <laughs> okay, so sorry, I, I'm totally digressing now. We were talking about so <laughs> with your orgasm, so you um you're with that guy, you realize it wasn't really the sex you were wanting to be having. How mm-hmm. did you have your first orgasm? And was it with somebody else or was it with yourself?
1: Yeah. So go on, get back. Okay. So it was with me. Okay, great. Yeah. Never actually with him.
0: And did you buy like a toy or did you just feel comfortable? Oh, you just, just hands. okay, great. And, it, uh...
1: and I did not even know, like, this is so funny. I look back at this time. I'm like, oh my God, Haley, that's so embarrassing. Okay. So basically I didn't even know it. I had, I had one. And Emily, like, let me rephrase it. It actually wasn't with me. Okay. So the first time by myself, was then during that time period. Right. Mm -hmm. But actually a few years earlier in college, it was with a guy I was dating, but I didn't know that it was a clitoral orgasm.
0: Right. And was he going down on you or
1: Um, having sex?
0: We were having sex. Oh, and so you did orgasm when you were younger, but you just did not Because Then I look back, then I
1: got on the antidepressants, dealt with all that stuff. And then, yeah. So I look back at that period and I'm like, it was only one and that was the whole time. And then you know, and then I finally did by myself, but that just shows the importance of like learning our bodies
0: and educating ourselves because I didn't even know what it felt like in my body. But that makes sense though. I mean, why would you know if you hadn't experienced it before, then you wouldn't know unless you, you kind of, you know what I mean? Like, unless you had that reference point and then, and also as well, like we were talking about, there's different levels. So maybe you might've had a smaller one and you weren't aware, and then the only reason you realized was years later you did it yourself, and maybe had a bigger one. And then you were like, "Oh, that actually was an orgasm." Now I get it. Yeah,
1: I agree with you about that. That's what's so important too to like not judge ourselves because, hello, it's not like we learned this in sex ed. <laughs> no, no,
0: I do not remember somebody t- t- teaching me what an orgasm would feel like. Mm-hmm. You know, or even that, um, or even anyone ever speaking to me about like that you can orgasm yourself. And there's lots. Yeah. of safe ways to feel comfortable and, you know.
1: Or that female pleasure exists, right? Or that uh, the, cl- the clitoris exists,
0: right? We have an entire organ that's devoted just to pleasure. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Pretty amazing. And I, I mean, I'm, I don't know too much about the anatomy of it, but apparently a lot of it's inside us as well, which is. Oh, yeah, it is cool looking at the diagram, yeah. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. nerve endings. Well, that's another thing as well. A lot of women aren't actually looking at their vaginas and what's, because I remember like as well, there's so many different types of vaginas. I would always ask my waxer. (laughs) I'd always say to her, wow, you must've seen so many vaginas. Can you tell me about all the different types of vaginas? And she'd be like, oh, well, this nationality has this type and very common for this nationality to have this type. And then when I saw, like, there's lots of vagina um, pages on Instagram where you can see all these different types of vaginas because it's not like we get to see, like I've probably seen like one other friend and my mom when I was younger, so it's like, it's not like you're seeing lining up and seeing a whole bunch of them So yeah. to, to see like molds. Cause they had these molds or artworks, which was really cool as well. And so like everyone's different and everyone, you know, I couldn't imagine, I mean, each to their own, if, if you want to get some kind of um, surgery, but people getting surgery, so their vaginas would look different. I'd be so afraid that I wouldn't be able to have pleasure. Like mm. right now, so. I
1: know. I heard about that. The increase in labiaplasty because of porn. That's ridiculous.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I I certainly wouldn't opt for that. That's for sure. (laughs) Um, oh yeah. In our previous chat, we did mention again, you know, uh, that as much as I love orgasms, um, they're not always the end goal or the most important part of sex for me, in my opinion. And you said that when you haven't had one, that's all you can think about. Oh yeah. Because I prefer multiple. Mm-hmm. Well, you said at the time, it seems like a lot of pressure to place on yourself. What's your advice on how to, uh, you know, to remove that pressure?
1: Mm. Really just about enjoying the journey more. It's really, you know, what's so funny. I actually recently have been kind of comparing the journey of the sexual journey to really the journey of life, right? Because it's like enjoying the journey, right? Instead of getting to the destination, because there's so much about in our lives where we're so focused on, okay, well, when I get to college, then- And when I'm out of college, I'll get the career. And then when I get the career, I'll get the husband and the kid and whatever. And it's like, no, it's really enjoying the journey. And then same with sexual. So that's kind of what I've been rising recently. Because I think for me recently, you know, when I first started on the sexual journey, when I was dating that guy and then going through all the stuff with getting off on antidepressants, like really learning my body, I was so focused on the goal. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot of women are. So like, there's no shame in people listening. like if you're new in your sexual journey, you're still learning your body. Um, yeah. Like you, you focus on your pleasure, focus on your orgasm. But then once you get like, then start to enjoy the journey and not be so focusing on, you know. Hmm.
0: And uh, you also mentioned that struggling to speak up sexually affects every area of your life. Can you unpack that a little bit more for us?
1: Yeah. So that one, I always say, I don't know if you've heard this quote, it says, who you are in bed is who you are in life.
0: No, I haven't actually.
1: Yeah. So that's what a lot of people find it. Uh, a lot of other coaches say that. And I think it's a good quote because it's like, like I asked one once, I was like, do you know what your needs are? And she was like, no. I was like, okay, well, what do you think your needs are? Right? It's like, okay, maybe you need to set boundaries. Maybe you need to learn what a yes is for you in your body. You know, maybe you need to learn what a no is. And so I think it's like, you know, it goes back to speaking up for what we want, you know, in our corporate job or what we need financially, or in terms of um, what we want in our career. And so I've had so many people that disagree with this, but I actually do believe in the connection. If you don't speak up with, uh, man, you know, my needs just don't matter, or okay, I'll fake it this time, it's not a big deal. Um, Is that connecting in your career? Maybe it doesn't, but I've noticed that connection with people.
0: Yeah. Right. Okay. So do you have any advice for like someone who's maybe a little bit shy about speaking up with their partner? Like how could you approach that conversation?
1: Yeah. So going back to what we were saying previously, what I would say to this woman is start talking about sex. Like it's not a big deal. Like we literally make sex like this huge thing, you know, if you were in that place where you notice that you're, maybe you're faking orgasms or maybe it's not even the faking orgasms part. You're just so sexually bored or unhappy start to talk about your sex life. Like you talk about what do you want to eat for dinner? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, cool. And I guess if uh, someone said to me, I'm in my this for an- I'm an another sex coach. And I said, what if someone doesn't want to talk about it? And she said, well, if someone, doesn't want t- someone who you're having sex with doesn't want to talk about sex then maybe you're with the wrong
1: person. <laughs> yes. I I was that like, recently on IG, yeah, yeah, you're with the wrong person and you really, really are. Because I like I've learned from me recently too, it's a safety thing. Like I used to feel really unsafe around men. And so I've noticed that like for me in the first few dates, if if I can't talk to you about what I'm doing professionally or about like sex and we can't like openly discuss it. Yeah. You don't need to be dating me. Yeah. And specifically with those type of people, they need to just like figure it out. Because like, if you can't talk about it, you shouldn't be doing it.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. If you're like in my physical space and you don't want to talk to me about it, then that's an issue. Yeah. Like
1: if the guy's literally having it, sticking his penis inside of you and he cannot discuss it, that's an issue.
0: Mm. That is an issue. That is an issue. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So um, I, we're running out of time here, so I'm going to have to wrap it up, but I just wanted to um, ask you one more question. What do you mean when you say we need to fall in love with ourselves sexually? Because I know you mentioned that before, and I wanted to bring that up to Ennis.
1: Yeah. Really, it's just about falling in love with the journey of developing a healthy relationship with your sexuality, right? So it's falling in love with, like what you were saying about the body image thing earlier, like it's falling in love with wherever your body is at, at this moment, right? I can love where I'm at right now, Right whatever stage you're at cuz a lot of women you know they lose their sexual desire after having a baby. You can still get that, right? You can still bring it back. Whatever stage of life you're in, you can still have a great healthy
0: relationship with yourself sexually. Mhm. Mhm. Thank you so much for being here today. It has been an absolute pleasure. I would uh, if people want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? How how can they find you?
1: Yeah, so just tell them to DM me on Instagram haley.halveston.
0: And do you have a website, Haley? Not at the moment. I'm currently redoing it. Okay, cool. Perfect. Perfect. And you can find all the links mentioned in this episode at rebellove.com forward slash EP14. Again, that is rebellove.com forward slash EP14. If you like this episode, please uh, feel free to leave a review and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Haley, thank you so much again for being here. I really appreciate it. (laughs) Happy 2021. Thanks for listening to the Rebel Love Podcast the podcast about love sex relationships and money if you like this episode please support us by subscribing and leaving a review on your favorite podcast platform and find all the details of this episode and more at rebellove.com forward slash podcast